Well, it is a, a special Sunday as we continue to celebrate life, and I want to spend a few minutes this morning uh, just talking to you about baptism, Baptism Sunday today. And so if you, if you received a bulletin when you came in, I want to encourage you to take that out, and we've got some notes there for you. If you want to take notes and follow along, that's a great opportunity for you to do so. And uh, we're going to get to the celebration moment in just a minute. I want to do something different. I need your help today. This is a, uh, a participant sport and activity today, okay? So I need your help. Anytime you hear the words, Baptism Sunday, I want you to celebrate. I want you to, to cheer. I want you to, to, to get rowdy for a minute, okay? Now, you might be thinking, you know what? We're not supposed to do that in church. I'm here to tell you that we should have more fun than anybody else in church, amen? And today's one of those days. So anytime you hear the word, let's practice. Anytime you hear the word, Baptism Sunday... We're going to cheer, okay? So anytime you hear those words, I'm counting on you to, to make sure that this place just comes alive, amen? Can you do that? It's going to be a great baptism Sunday, amen, amen. Baptism is a really cool uh, sacrament that we believe in in the Church of the Nazarene that we believe in for many different reasons, and I'm going to talk about those in a minute. But really, if I can simplify it for us this morning, as, as simple as I can make it, baptism is really about us telling our story or your story about what Jesus has done in your life and letting everybody around you know. And, and so today, on Baptism Sunday... Good, good. You're, you're still awake. That's good. That's good. On, on this day, we are going to celebrate and we're going to hear some stories about what Jesus is doing in the life of our people. And it's exciting. It's, it causes us to celebrate. We get excited. The Bible tells us that anytime a, a lost person or a sinner comes home, that the angels in heaven rejoice. And so that means that they're having a party today because we are celebrating new life on Baptism Sunday. Amen. Amen. So I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever met somebody in your life that you just had to tell somebody about? You had to make sure you told them the story of meeting somebody. Have you ever met somebody, in your notes, if you jot, jot this down, have you ever met somebody that changed your life so much that you had to tell someone else? I want to, I want to tell you a story about my wife for a minute. She's not up here right now, so I can talk about her, right? Be careful, yeah. She'll be up here in just a minute. But we were, we were, we were living in Kansas City at the time, and, I, and some of you have heard this story, but I want to repeat it because it's just so good. How many of you ladies here, you, you kind of look at certain people and you kind of just get a little weak in the knees when you see famous, good-looking actors? Uh, anybody get that way when they see Kevin Costner? No? Nobody? Okay. Well, kind of, okay, a couple guys. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different sermon, Pastor Terry. That's a whole different direction we got to go today. So we're in Kansas City, and, and my, my wife and her family, unfortunately, are Kansas City Chiefs fans. And um, yeah, we won't, we won't celebrate about that today. But um, they invited me out of the graciousness of their heart to go with them to a Kansas City Chiefs game one day. And the four of us, my, my in-laws and my wife and I, got to go to, to Arrowhead Stadium, and we got to go to the game. But not only that, my, my father-in-law at the time worked for a company that gave him VIP passes to the game. 
And so we got to go early, and we got to go in the VIP tent, and we got to, uh, we got to eat some food, and we got to drink all the pop and soda we wanted for free, and some people chose other things, but we, we were, we were, I was a good pastor, a good trainer, and so, yeah, anyway. But we, we're in this VIP tent, and we're just mingling and talking to those around us, having a good time, and then all of a sudden people start coming in that were, that were famous, some famous athletes, some, some famous football players that I recognized, uh, even though they were Kansas City Chiefs. Some of them, and we're not going to go there anyway, but I, I knew one of them because he, he had to change from the Chiefs to the Broncos, and so I got to really know him then, and that was great. And, uh, but he, he was a chief, and so he was there, and his, his name was Neil Smith, and he was sitting down talking, and defensive lineman, so big old guy, and I went over and shook his hand and, and introduced myself, not that it mattered, he didn't care who I was, but anyway, about 30 minutes into this time, there comes in this group of people, and there's about 10 of them, and about 8 or 9 of them are surrounding one person who at the time had a hat on and sunglasses, and we're thinking, boy, this has got to be somebody important. And sure enough, it was Kevin Costner. And he takes his hat off and his glasses, and he goes up to a table, and he's sitting there. And I kid you not, every woman in that tent got in line to go meet Kevin Costner. And so we're standing back in the corner, and I'm telling my, my wife and my mother-in-law, I'm saying, my mother-in-law is really weak in the knees, and she's shaking, and she's so excited, and and I said, Shelly, why don't you go meet him? Why don't you go talk to him? This is Kevin Costner. And she's like, no, I don't even know what I'd say. I probably couldn't even get any words out to talk to him. I said, but it's Kevin Costner. You can tell a story about meeting Kevin Costner. How many people get to meet Kevin Costner? So they go and they get in line and they get halfway up the line and then they go and sit back down. They chickened out. And so they don't get to tell the story, but I get to tell the story this morning about the chance they got to meet Kevin Costner, but they didn't get to shake his hand and meet him. But I, I wonder today how many of us have met somebody that changed our life so much that it caused us to want to tell somebody else. Maybe you've met somebody that was that important. Maybe some of you have met presidents or, or dignitaries or, or, or very important people that in your life. Maybe you've met your hero or your uh, uh, famous person that you looked up to. And when you met them, you had a story to tell others about. Well, that's really what baptism is about in our life as Christians. Baptism is your story about what God has done in, our, in your life for others to see. Today's a special day because we get to talk about and hear about some of those incredible stories and encounters with God that people have had. And we're going to be able to hear those stories and we're going to be able to listen to those testimonies of those people and we're going to be able to see how important Jesus was in their life and they just need to tell us about it today. And so we're going to give them an opportunity on Baptism Sunday woo, to tell their story. So I want us to, to celebrate together, but before we can, we can celebrate together, I want to give you a little background on baptism and what it's about. And so let me give us a little background as we go into this. As Christians, as those of us that call ourselves Christians, that, that means we believe in Jesus Christ and we've put our trust and our faith in him uh, for the salvation of our sins, and we want to we follow him. 
We want to live for him. And so as Christians, we worship and follow Jesus Christ. We, we follow his teachings. We follow his lifestyle. And we seek his direction in our lives still today. As Christians, we believe that God's plan for our lives was to be reunited with God in a right relationship with him so that we could spend eternity, so we could spend forever with God in heaven. There was a few things that took place, though, that made this possible. You see, God's original plan when he created this world was his original plan was to create human beings in a right relationship with him. And so if you read your Bible in the first book of the Bible in Genesis, we read about God creating the world, and he created Adam and Eve. And he put Adam and Eve in the garden, and the Bible says that God communed with Adam and Eve. What that means, that, that word commune means he lived there with them. So I, I don't know about you, I, I've never met Adam, so I don't know kind of how he was feeling about that. But we kind of hear these stories and we read in Scripture about, about Adam and Eve walking and talking with God in the garden. He communed with them. He lived life with them. They, they, they talked like you and I can talk today. And, and I can imagine that it was kind of like having a, a roommate for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve are given this incredible garden with all of the resources that God wanted to give them. And then they get this incredible roommate in God living with them, walking with them in the cool of the day, enjoying the beautiful creation. And then we find out in, in Genesis that God also, he did not create Adam and Eve to be these robots that would only do what he wanted them to do. He gave us a free will. He gave us a, a brain to use to make decisions. And, and so in this garden, God created some things that, that he wanted to make sure were preserved, that were set apart. And he told Adam and Eve, do not eat the fruit from this particular tree. And so as they're walking together and as they're going through life together, one day, Adam and Eve gave in to temptation. And they saw this beautiful fruit hanging on this tree, and they picked the fruit and they ate the fruit, the fruit that God told them not to eat. And when they did that, when we do something that we're told not to do, that goes against a very known, a very clear law of God, that's called sin. When we disobey God's known law by a willful decision, that's called sin. And there's consequences to that sin. And for Adam and Eve, the consequence of their sin was that God left their relationship. The Bible says the only thing that can separate us from God is sin. So when they chose to disobey God, the Bible says that God left and how do we know that? Because a little bit later, Adam and Eve, because of their sin, they have now realized what they have done. They've realized that they've disobeyed God. And so what did they do? They went and hid from God. And so we know God left because he was coming back and he's calling in the garden, Adam and Eve, where are you? Where are you? Because Adam and Eve had hid because of their sin. And so the God's original plan to have a right relationship with human beings was now strained, and God needed to tweak his plan. And so when God tweaked his plan, he created another plan. I call it plan B. There's nothing in our manual that says that this is what it was, but I call it plan B. And what plan B was for God was he knew that he wanted to restore that right relationship with us and he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come to be born of a virgin, 
to come and live a fully human life here on earth. He walked the earth as a young boy. He then grew into a young man. And then he continued to, to grow up in the, in the way that he was taught. And he became a man. And, and it, time came for him to begin his ministry. And he went off and he served on, in ministry on this earth for a little over three years. And all this time, he was preparing people to receive the free gift of eternal life that he was able to offer them. How was he able to offer it? You see, Jesus, at the end of his ministry, he was put on trial by the religious people of the day. He was put on trial for a criminal, criminal things that he did not do. You see, Jesus lived on this earth without sin. He didn't have that separation from God. And because of that, when he's put on trial by these religious leaders, he's convicted of things he did not do, and he went to a cross and died a criminal's death on a cross. And the reason he did that was because the Bible says that there's got to be a sacrifice for your sin and for my sin. And Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice by going to that cross and taking your sin and my sin on his shoulders as he died on that cross. But the real cool thing about Jesus and the real great thing about our faith is that our story doesn't end there. Amen? Our story only begins there. Because three days later, Jesus rose to life anew. And he, 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 the Bible says he went down to the deepest part and he took it away. He, he defeated sin and he defeated hell. And then he came and he went back to heaven and he rose to life and he defeated death in the grave. Praise the Lord. And we celebrate Baptism Sunday because of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. And because of what Jesus did for you and for me, and for these people that we're going to celebrate with today, we have a story that we can tell others about. What an incredible opportunity we have to tell our story. <laughs> so I have a couple of questions, and then we'll get to the celebration part. In your notes, here we go. What is the meaning of baptism? What is the meaning of baptism? The first thing is this. Baptism illustrates Christ's burial and resurrection, just what we talked about. In, in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he writes this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. We look over at another uh, letter from Paul in Colossians chapter 2, and Paul writes these words, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So you see, baptism gives the new believer an illustration of what Christ has done for them in their own life. So what's going to happen today is we're going to take these people over to this baptistry over there and we're going to symbolize in this, in this ceremony the death of Jesus by going under the water and coming out as a new person. And we're symbolizing what Jesus did in his burial, burial and resurrection. Every Christian, every believer that wants to tell others about this 
this incredible person they've met, shares that moment through baptism. So baptism illustrates Christ's burial and resurrection. Number two, baptism illustrates my new life as a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes again, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. You see, when we encounter the living God through Jesus Christ, it changes who we are. It changes from what our old life was. We crucify our old life because of what Jesus has done for us. We place our trust in him, and then we have this new life, a brand new start that we get to start with Jesus Christ. Some people think that baptism is kind of the the symbolism of I've made it. And that is totally not what baptism is. Jesus never said in the Bible, you know what, you need to go and fix yourself. You need to go and get clean and then come to me and we'll baptize you symbolizing what you did on your own. That's not in there. That's not what this is about. What baptism is about, it's us saying, you know what? I am a sinner. I have messed up. I have lived for self. And now I've encountered this Jesus person who I've realized loves me so much that he died for me. And he wants me to live forever with him. And so I want to do everything I can to be with him. And so I'm going to place my trust, all my sins, all my, all my bad spots, all my, my stains and, and all my, my insecurities, all my filth, and I'm going to give it to Jesus, and I'm going to bury my old life, and I'm going to come out of this water transformed as a new person because I'm going to start letting Jesus live for me. It changes who we are. It changes how we live life. You see, the change doesn't have to happen before we go and accept Jesus. The change happens as we accept him and start walking with him. And so we need to realize that this morning, that these people today have have encountered the living God through Jesus Christ, and we are celebrating them on Baptism Sunday. Amen? Amen. You're still awake. You're still awake. That's good. That's good. I'm so glad. (laughs) So what is the meaning of baptism? There you have it. Number one, baptism illustrates Christ's burial and resurrection. And number two, it illustrates my new life as a Christian. The next question we have to ask ourselves then is this. Why should anybody be baptized? Why should Why should you be baptized? Why should I be baptized? Why should these people today be baptized? We know the meaning of it. We know why it's important, but why should I do it? So here's here's the really cool thing. I've got four quick things for us. I believe, this is is a side note. This is free, okay? This isn't in your notes. I believe one of the disservices we do in the church is that we tell people what something is, and we tell them maybe even how to, to obtain it or how to change your life or how to pray a prayer or whatever, but we don't always do a good job of educating why we do it. And so we may, you may be sitting there and you may be thinking, you know what, yeah, I know baptism is important because the church says it is, and we've set aside this incredible baptism Sunday for, hey, I almost got you, I almost got you, yeah. We set aside this, this special day, but why? Why is it so important? Why should I be baptized? Let me tell you four quick things why somebody should be baptized. Number one, we must, or we should be baptized to follow Jesus' example. Mark chapter one, verse nine. 
we read these words. One day Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. Baptism was so important to the faith that Jesus himself set the example for us. He went down to the river where John the baptizer was baptizing followers. And Jesus gets down there to the river and he walks up to John and John realizes at that moment who's in front of him. And he says to Jesus, Jesus, I'm not worthy to tie your sandals. And Jesus says, this must be done to follow what my father is doing. And Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River by John the baptizer. So this is just, this is just my interpretation of that. If it's, if it's important enough for Jesus to do it, then it's important enough for us to do it. Amen? If it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Number one, we follow Jesus' example. Number two, why should I be baptized? Because Jesus commanded it. Jesus commanded it. In the Great Commission, Matthew 28, we, we read these words, verse 19 and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then we teach these disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, he says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, baptism doesn't signify the end of our journey. It doesn't signify that we've made it. And in fact, when we read this scripture, it tells me this is only the beginning. One of the things I've talked to our church board about when it comes to these special days is that when we baptize people with water, we are not baptizing people saying, you know what, church, these people have made it. They are, they have, we are declaring them worthy to be baptized. That's not at all what we're saying. What we're doing is we're following Matthew 28 that says we need to make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Christ. So they've decided to follow Christ. And then the next part in that scripture says, then baptize them. And so what we're doing in baptizing is we're symbolizing what Christ has done in their life. And they're showing us from this point forward, I want to live for him. And I, I am telling you all as the church, as the people that are gathered here, that I need your help to do it. Not, your help is important, but it's not as important as us saying to Jesus, Jesus, I'm committing my life because I need your help to help me get through life. Amen? Jesus commanded us to do it, and, and we follow his example. But I want you to know very importantly today that these people today that we're going to celebrate today, they have not arrived at, they're not going to just be taken straight to heaven now because their journey's over, okay? And most likely, they're going to go through struggles and hard times. And most likely, they're going to have questions, and they're going to wonder about things. But we get the opportunity, as that scripture just said, to baptize them, to celebrate with them, and then we get to teach them. We get to teach them what it means to follow Jesus Christ. So number two, we wanna, we, why should we be baptized? Because Jesus commanded it. Number three, it demonstrates that I am a Christian. It demonstrates that I am a Christian. Acts chapter 18 verse 8 says this, Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord, and many others in Corinth also heard Paul 
And they became believers and were baptized. Now, that's one verse in Acts chapter 18. But let me tell you a little backstory here of what's going on in 18. Acts chapter 18, Paul is in the synagogue and he's preaching and he's teaching to the Jews, the, the people of God, and they're not receiving it well. They're not understanding that this Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that came to save them from their sins. And Paul backs up and he says, because of your hard hearts, I'm going to go and preach to these people that are not Jews, and we're going to tell them about this Jesus person, and Jesus is going to transform their life. And Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, the Jewish leader of the church there, the synagogue there, hears this and he realizes his need for Jesus. And not only did Crispus believe what we just read is that everyone in his household believed. Today we're celebrating on Baptism Sunday. Three young people, three children, <laughs> three children that have an opportunity to change their family tree. You might see them a little bit later and think, well, their, their family is already Christians. They're, they're believers. And... But these three children have an opportunity to live a life so on fire for God that it changes everyone around them. Amen? This act that we are doing today in celebrating this new life demonstrates to everyone around us that we are Christian. Amen? Why should I be baptized? Number four, it gives an opportunity to celebrate what God has done in your life. You might be saying, Pastor, why, why should I be baptized? Why do we need to have this, this big celebration for, for me? I'm, I'm not worthy of that. I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't, I don't really care to have this public spectacle. You know, the cool thing about living the Christian life is that the Christian life is just not about you. You know what I mean? It's about who we can share this life with. Amen? Let's welcome our kids in. Let's celebration on Baptism Sunday. Amen? Kids, as you're coming in, we're doing something really cool right now. So is it okay, kids, look at me real quick if you're coming in. Is it okay if we adults and big people celebrate and get crazy in church and party? Would that be okay? Yeah. That's all you got? Adults, let's show them how we celebrate on Baptism Sunday. Being a Christian helps us to realize that we can't live this life alone. We weren't called to live this life alone. And in, in celebrating this day of sharing it with others, it gives all Christians that are here today an opportunity to celebrate what God is doing in your life. We get to come alongside you and we get to agree together and we get to claim victory in Jesus' name today. We get to celebrate together. Psalm 41, 47 verse 1 says this, Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. We are a community of believers here at Pittsfield Church of the Nazarene that we believe in connecting and engaging with real people for real relationships, and we are going to experience real encounters with God as we do that. And one of the ways that we do that together is 
we celebrate together. We celebrate victories together. So in a moment, we're going to hear from these participants today that are being baptized, and we're going to celebrate together. And as we wrap up this teaching time today, I want to just share with you two final thoughts that you can be reminded of as you think about baptism and what it's about. We must remember today this, that baptism does not make you a Christian. Okay, there's nothing about that water that saves them from their sins. Jesus already did that. There's nothing about baptism that saves them. But it does show that you're a Christian. So baptism doesn't make you a Christian, but it shows others that you are a Christian. Okay? And the second thing is this. Baptism simply is this. It's an outward sign of an inward work of what God's doing in your heart. So there's many times that our faith is personal, and God speaks to us as individuals, and we walk with him as individuals, but baptism is one of those times where we share our faith, and we share what God is doing, and so it is an outward sign of an inward work in what God is doing in their lives. And so we're going to celebrate together uh, with these three participants. I'm going to ask them to come up front here, and we are going to, what did I do with my mic? Did I lose my mic? Is it right next to you? Or Greg's got it? So Trey and Ava and Alexia, why don't you come forward this morning? And if you've got somebody to read your testimony for you, uh, they can come with you as well. This is an exciting day as we get to celebrate with these three young people. And uh, so what they're going to do, one of the requirements that I have that is, it's not in the manual, but I, I like it because it, it helps us to celebrate more together, is, is I require everybody that's going to be baptized to share their testimony and share what God is doing in their life. And so they're going to share their story with us this morning before we baptize them. So does anybody want to volunteer to go first? Ava, you want to come first? Let's welcome Ava on this baptism Sunday. Are you going to do it or is your mom going to, oh, you're going to hide behind the. <laughs> Ava came to me right after Brody got baptized and she's like, I want to do it too. And I was like, all right, we can talk to Pastor Alicia about it. And we sat down and wrote her baptism um, response. Um, she says she wants to be baptized to let everyone know that I have Jesus in my heart. Jesus has forgave my sins. I love going to church and praising Jesus. I love hearing Pastor Alicia teach me and others about Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart, and someday I want to see my family in heaven. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. I love you with all my heart. Amen. Thank you, Ava. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> Trey, you want to go next? All right, come on up here. Trey Ruzich and his dad, Chad. Well, Brandy and I are uh, really proud of Trey, uh, probably because uh, he kind of brought the idea of baptism up to us, and then he's been pursuing it here for the past several months. So uh, Trey doesn't want to speak, so I'm going to share a little bit, and then there's been some things as we've been studying about baptism that we've just written down, and uh, that way we can share directly from him. 
Um, so I would say, uh, again, that we are extremely, uh, extremely proud of him. Um, he's, uh, he's kind of a, uh, just a tender-hearted uh, little guy. And, uh, you know, he is, he's always thinking about, hey, can we pray for this person? Or, you know, can we, uh, you know, what can we do here? Uh, he, he brings up the idea and he shares his journal with us here this summer and says, hey, can we use our journal to write down praises and prayer requests at night when we're doing our devotions? So um, uh, just really proud of him there. And one night when we were studying about baptism, he, uh, he said, well, what happens if, we, if I don't get baptized? And, you know, we didn't have the, uh, the outline here from this morning, so Brandy and I on the spot were trying to explain it to him, you know. And we said, really, it's, you know, you're not going to be in trouble for not getting baptized. But, you know, really what it's, you know, what, we're, uh, what it's about is, you know, we want to show that, that you love Jesus. And um, we want to show that you, you, your sins are forgiven and that you want to have Jesus in your heart and you want him to guide you. And uh, it just, just the way things happen, uh, he, uh, he started talking about it more and more over the next several weeks, and he found out that we were having a baptism service shortly after you know, we were talking about this. <laughs> and, uh, and again, this is where he pursued it. You know, it was his idea, and he, he kept talking about it and bringing it up you know, in our devotion time at night. And um, <laughs> he, he came to us two or three, four weeks ago uh, when we were having lunch, uh, you know, Sunday after church, and he said, I'm getting baptized on November 10th. <laughs> and so we thought, wow, you know, that's, that's good. So we really started studying things more and, you know, trying to, uh, you know, to make sure that, that he understands it. So uh, we're really proud of him. Some of the things that, that as, as we were reading through this and, uh, you know, trying to study it and make sure he understood it, um, he said, I think you go down with dark sin when you're baptized and you come up clean, white as snow. He thinks God was happy with Jesus when he was baptized and that God will be happy uh, when he gets baptized today. He's learned about God's love and who Jesus is by going to church and by his mom and dad talking to him and reading. And he says that he, he prayed during Bible class at school for God to forgive him. He prays a lot during the day in his head. He tries to be honest and pray for people. And this was something just kind of uh, that stood out to his mom and I uh, about baptism and the way he's thinking about it. He says, it means that you've accepted God's amazing love, and it means you love him back. Amen. Thank you, Trey. Alexia, come on up. Alexia is the reason we had this Sunday. She came to us and said, I want to be baptized, and we didn't have it on the schedule, but uh, we want to make this important uh, time uh, special, so I'm glad that you did this, and uh, is Della going to speak for you as well? Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Alexia Maynard is my great-granddaughter. She's one out of 17 great-grandchildren, which we love each and every one of them, and uh, her and I usually go out for walks in the evening. And uh, we talk about Jesus, and she's asked questions. And she looked at me, and she said, Grandma, she said, can I be baptized? And I said, well, yes. I said, I know you've already repented of your sins. 
And so I said, you let me go and call Pastor BJ. So I called and talked to him, and he said, well, sure. So this is her testimony. She said, I believe in the Lord, and I believe that he died for my sins. Jesus has forgiven me of all my sins, and I love him, and I want to serve him. I want to do what he wants me to to do. And she wrote this little note years ago there at the school. I kept this paper, and she said, she says, Dear God, thank you for thinking of love and loving us all. For God has placed wonderful, special people in my life. Amen. Amen. We're going to be baptized. Would you three just stand right here in this front step? And Pastor Alicia has something special. Oh, come up one more. Why don't you come up on this step? And we'll step down here. So come on up here. Well, I am so proud in each and every one of you of making this choice today. I know that I have seen fruit in your lives of how much you love Jesus and how you're trying to live for him. And this is an exciting day. And everyone is here to celebrate with you today. But... There's someone else that who is not wanting to celebrate, and that is the devil. And he is going to want to try and tell you, oh, don't do this, or this isn't a good thing, or when you leave today, he could be telling you things in your ear. But I want you to remember that all these people here support you and love you and are praying for you, okay? And that you can tell that devil to go away. And I have a little gift for you. And you can put it in a special spot wherever you want in your room or somewhere. And it can just be a reminder. So those days when the devil's trying to tell you something that it's not true and it's a lie, you can be reminded by the truth of God's word and what you did here today that Jesus loves you more than the devil and that he is for you and not against you. Okay? Here you go, Trey. All right, we are almost ready to really celebrate Baptism Sunday. This is a celebration. It's a party. It's supposed to be exciting. This is better than any touchdown, any home run, any winning buzzer beater, anything that you can think. This is better than a 14-point buck tomorrow morning. Amen? This is eternal. This is incredible. This is time for us to celebrate. So here's some final instructions for you. We're going to go get ready, and you're going you're gonna to handle some other things. You're going to continue to worship as we get ready. But here's the final instructions, four things really quickly. Please, 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 if you are a Christian, would you begin to pray for these three, three wonderful students, these three wonderful lives? Baptism doesn't take the hardships away. It just shows us that God is doing a new work in their life. So they need us to be praying for them. Number two, continue to worship with us. We're going to continue to worship today. This is a worship, worshipful moment. Worship is a way of life. So I want to encourage you to, to sing when we're singing, to give as we give in our offering, and to just celebrate and worship today with our friends today. Number three, we need to celebrate and celebrate big. So here are your requirements, okay? Uh, this, I gave them, I've given them their requirements and they've fulfilled them. Now here's your requirements as the church. 
when they go down in the water and they come up, the first thing they need to hear is all of heaven rejoicing. And you are a part of heaven for them today. So there better not be crickets in this place. You better be celebrating like you've never celebrated before on this baptism Sunday. (laughs) When they come out of the water, I want you to cheer. I want you to whistle. I want you to clap. I want you to scream. We're excited for what God is doing in their life. So I need you to celebrate with us today. And then number four, if you're a Christian and you're a part of this community of faith, we need you to begin reaching out to these lives, engaging with them, helping them, helping to teach them, helping them to take the next step in real relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're going to go and get ready. I want to pray for us before we go. And as we go, uh, the team's going to come back out and we're going to continue our service this morning. God, we love you. We praise you. We give you thanks for the new life that we are celebrating today. I pray, God, that you would just have your way in, this, in the remainder of this service. Help us to encourage these that have made this decision. Help us to support them. Help us to love on them. And help us to celebrate today what you're doing. God, we give you this time and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.